This is Brain Diet, episode number 73. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm all full of the feels today because I am sharing with you an interview. I got the chance to chat with Heidi and Natalie, who are the fabulous women behind Butter Your Macros on Instagram. If you haven't followed them, please do. They are amazing and everything they share is just gold in my mind. They are coaches, both in nutrition, life, all the type of coaching you could want, they can offer. (laughs) They are amazing humans with so much knowledge and wisdom to offer, especially in the world of fitness and nutrition and weight loss. I am so happy I got a chat with them and really excited to share our conversation with you today. And I hope that you are able to benefit from it. They're amazing. So with that, please enjoy. All right, Heidi and Natalie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to share you with anyone in my audience that doesn't know who you are, because it's a shame if they don't. So I'm really <laughs> excited. I get to like pick your brains today. Um, I Tell us about you guys, what you do and, and why you do it. Oh, well, first of all, I have to say we are super happy to be here. So um, Nat and I, we are both nutrition and um, really life coaches. I mean, I think you probably understand better than anyone that every issue, everything starts in your brain, right? So um, a lot of times when women join our program to hit body goals, when in reality, they um, start a self-awareness journey that changes everything um, way beyond just weight loss, way beyond just changing um, what your body looks like. It changes the way you see yourself in the world. So we are two best friends. We're actually neighbors. We live eight houses apart. Um, it's that's where the annoyance starts because everything from there. Is <laughs> we are always together, even though Heidi doesn't think we are. Um, You're the one that thinks we aren't. It's never enough for oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we actually have a little bit of history. I grew up with Heidi's husband, and then our husbands worked together, and then we would hang out like once a year at Christmas parties and it was such a good time. And then as fate would have it, I moved to Ben's childhood neighborhood and then Ben and her husband, sorry, Heidi and her husband moved down the street next door to his childhood home. And then we became neighbors and the rest is history. So we yeah. have a page called Buddier Macros and it did start out as like a macro counting page. I actually started out as a restaurant page because we like to eat out so much and then it turned into a macro page. But now I feel like we've definitely launched forward into more of like a mindset page in a lot of ways, just because it's so much more than just weight loss and eating less. So definitely all about empowering women to become not only their best self, but to just like see what they're capable of that they have no idea about. And also maybe meet themselves for the first time, because we always like to joke that until you really eat food, you don't even know who you are. (laughs) You just assume that your personality sucks all the time. It's usually (laughs) the low calories speaking. So that's kind of who we are. We love to CrossFit and we lift that's definitely our big passion. And we're both moms with lots of children <laughs> yeah. and husbands, I guess. So that's kind of who we are in a nutshell. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I kind of like to just like move in between you guys. Cause I, I, I'm pretty sure we could be best friends. I was like, you're just describing like my, my ideal human, my, my soulmate here. So this is just amazing, which is why I want to get you out of Utah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, it's we're like an MLM. The buy-in though is just like, Irvine real estate. It's cool. It's, and I, I've lived in California. So I, I, I'm, I'm, yes. Let's talk about, I mean, first of all, let's talk about your name, butter your macros. Like where did that come from? Tell me more about that. Oh, Natalie. Not, not as the most creative person I've ever met in my life. It came yeah. from her magnificent mind. Which is interesting that she says that because while yes, I occasionally have a good idea, like the butter part actually came from Heidi. So we had gone through we actually, okay, so Butters was born on a Wendy's drive-thru because we just wanted to create an Instagram page with all the food that we liked um, yeah. with the macros on it. And then we were like, we need to name this Instagram page. And we came up with some atrocious names. <laughs> like ones that like, we actually use as passwords now because they're so, <laughs> so mortifying. Now we can't tell them what they are. Now we can't tell them what they are because then you'll have, then we'll have to go change passwords and we all know how we feel about Yeah, that's passwords. brilliant. Not going to happen. You might as well just cut off my arm because <laughs> it would probably be easier than figuring out about. But um, we were just thinking like, so we knew we had to have macros in the name because obviously that's what you do. You have just like, you know, announce what you are. You're me. Totally. You're me. Yeah. But then it was also like, we're so not just like a macro counting page because we believe in so many different things that most traditional coaches will not tell you to do. So we're like, what is something that we love or what's something that makes everything better? Like Heidi really does love herself some butter. She has like a out-of-body experience with it every single time. So it's like, what better way to create something than to like take something that we know you know, food is made out of, right? And macros is everything. And then you just add butter to it and it just makes everything a little more delicious. So that's <laughs> kind of where Butter Your Macros came from. And now we're, we have a couple different departments working on like Butter Yourself is mm. going to be our new life coaching department, awesome. at least for now. So mm-hmm. that's fun. Just butter does make everything better. I mean, have you read really popcorn does. without it? Seriously. <laughs> no, really, really, it does. And that was one of the first things that I think caught my eye with your account was just the name. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Like I want to smother my macros in butter. That sounds like way better than. Well, right. <laughs> and it ass. also is sort of reflective of our mission, which is like, totally. um, you're the other genius thing that she came up with is our tagline that you're a goal driven life can be d- delicious. Like we really, yeah. um, when we were starting counting macros, there was still so much buzz about like reconstituted peanut butter and crunchy mm-hmm. rice rollers and chicken and broccoli and brown rice. And like, that is the way you do it. And we were like, well, if we kind of took the premise, if food is neutral, that really is, mm-hmm. then let's have some fun with it. Um, and so that's again, where the restaurants and how to eat out and how to socialize and how to go on vacation and stuff like that kind of started. And then, well, and if you've ever had a butter substitute or margarine, you know, there is nothing like right? butter. So it just really comes down to like, there's yeah. nothing like it and nothing well, like and you even, and all the things. Right. Right. Because there was a time like where I was prepping for a bikini show and had one of those butter substitutes. And it was like, I mean, a, my entire focus existence was on food. And then B, it was like every spray. And I just want, like, it was, it was unhealthy the way it was so hyper-focused on it. Mm-hmm. And to be able to now, you know, both through what you teach and coach it, all the things to be able to really not think about food that like enjoy it so much, but not have it on my mind all the time. Yeah. Freedom. Like it, it frees up so much energy to do things that are so much more important and still enjoy food a lot of the time. Totally. Well, it's so amazing. Cause you have women who 
don't think that they care about food that much, but yet they're so hyper-focused on it, like you mentioned, but then it like literally ruins everything yeah. in their day, yep. right? Like, oh, I had this and it's air quote off plan. My whole day is ruined. It's like, you're really going to let like five crackers ruin your day we'll like see. or a bagel or a cookie. Right. Like mm-hmm. it just, it's amazing how much power we give these inanimate objects that are like, I don't know, I'm just here to be good. Well, totally. <laughs> and conversely, like <clears throat> there's, like you mentioned when you're preparing for a show, which I can only imagine you were at like an extreme lean place, right? Which not, again, as a life coach, I bet you've realized like almost everything can be thought worked, but you can't thought work your way out of like intentional starvation. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's real physical physical symptoms. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That have to be troubleshooted, which is kind of why Nat mentioned, like some women have never met themselves in maintenance. We have women in our program who've been dieting or had the shadow of dieting over them since they were like 10 or 11 years old. They've never actually had the experience of going and eating cheese fries with your friends with no guilt or, or things like that. And like that, whether you're looking from a mental standpoint or a deprivation standpoint, I mean, that takes a toll on very real toll on your personality. Like that's you're underfed. You are not um, mood wise, hormonal wise, sleep wise, recovery wise. You are not at your best when you're not at your best what is life? Yeah. yeah. It changes everything. Yeah, you can't function. Well, and yeah. I tell you what, I think that I hadn't really put that together until I'd been exposed to coaching and to you guys where it's like, I'd always thought if you're counting macros, if you're paying attention to what you're eating, it's gotta be for the purpose of losing weight. It's gotta be for the purpose of eating less than your body needs. Right. Like, and that's just been reality, right? Like that's just been kind of the umbrella that I've lived under that. I know so many of my clients also live under that, that it's like, what are you doing if you're not trying to lose weight, if you're not trying to be in a deficit. And so that's why one of the many reasons, of course, I think that like what you are sharing is so earth shattering in a way, because it's like, wait, we don't exist to constantly be trying to eat less. Like that's not the whole purpose of, of us as humans and women. Like it, it really is such a, a paradigm shift for people it to really is comprehend like yeah. this, the subtext of that is your whole purpose is to lose weight. It completely reinforces the diet, the yo-yo dieting cycle, yeah. right? Like hurry, 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 lose weight. Oh, I can't go on anymore. Okay. Give me all the things. Yes. And then like back to normal where I'm in my, like trying to lose weight place all the time. And it's not only is it better for you mentally and physically to have the inverse of that, you actually make better ironically way better results that way. Yeah. Physically. Well, and I think one of the posts that you did recently about, I think it said something like you would look better with five to 10 pounds of muscle versus losing five to 10 pounds or something. And again, every, t- like, here's this one of the, the accounts where no matter what it is, I like stop and read it. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. And that was one of them. Where I was like, huh? Like the angels emerged where I'm like, yes, that's it. And you feel like muscle when you're gaining muscle and, and changing your body composition in that way, as opposed to like going the other direction, you feel good. Yes. Like it's such a contrast. And so anyway, I just, if you want to speak to that, because everybody wants to do weight loss because they want to look better, right? But then they hear you will look better with more muscle. And they're like, I'm good. (laughs) It's like, there's a point where weight loss net doesn't serve you anymore. Like really, truly. Cause honestly, all you're doing is gaining and losing the same weight on the same body. So you actually aren't really changing how you look. You're just getting a little bit smaller and then maybe a little bit bigger and then a little bit smaller and a little bigger, but your actual composition is the same mm-hmm. yeah. whenever you're just with weight loss. Yes. Like nothing changes. <laughs> Without <laughs> nothing the looks better. Yes. It just looks as is. But you know, it's like 
shrink wrap. It's like a little bit and then it kind of puffs up again. Shrink wrap, it's like a balloon, right? And then when you start adding elements of like muscle definition into it, then your physique really does change. And that's why I think what most people want. Most people just want to look like a better version of themselves. And everyone thinks weight loss is the only way to do that. When in reality, there's a hundred other ways to do that besides weight loss, but everyone's just too scared of it because they all like eating less. build upon each other. Right. Cause that's the norm. That's what people are used to. So what would you say for a person, if they came to you, what would be your criteria for? Yes. Let's try to lose weight. Like let's work together to try and lose weight versus I don't think that's the right decision for you right now. Well, so like, again, this is, I, it's not exactly like two different categories cause there's right, definitely right. some overlap, yeah. but, um, definitely why do you want to lose weight? right? Like what is, what's the motivation? Cause it, cause trying to lose weight, um, if you're already in a fragile mental place can be really difficult to make progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just the logistics, like, do you have, like, if you're traveling like crazy, if there's holidays, if like you have a lot of chaos in your life, you're not going to have the mental space to take on a, a challenging diet. Not, that is not only, it is challenging to count macros and it is challenging to be adherent and it is challenging, um, to just take the time to do all of that. And you, it's not, it's not an add on habit. It's not like, Oh, let me add this to like the chaos, which women are notorious for doing this. Totally. <laughs> Why not just add it on? Yeah. Yeah. My life is super crazy and hectic. Let's just throw one yeah. more thing on top. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Totally. It's absolutely zero, zero, um, preparation. Yeah. I don't know if respect sounds harsh, but like for the very real ramifications that cutting calories has on your mood, again, recoveries, sleep, um, emotions, all of it. One of the questions we like to toss out a lot of times, like, can you afford to fail? Mm. Right. And if the answer is no, then it's not a good time for you to be in a deficit because it's like, you guys know with thought work, it's like that one more emotional, you know, toll really can topple somebody. Right. So people go into these things and they, it's, it's I kind of ironic. Cause I feel like fat loss and weight loss is like one thing that women are always okay with failure. Like, Oh, I just suck. I keep sucking. Like, this is my goal. My forever goal is always weight loss every single year. It's like, but you never really ever accomplish it. Doesn't that bother you? No, 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 no. I like it. I like it. It's like, but everything else, most of us would be like, that hasn't worked for the last 10 years. I probably should try something new. <laughs> like the one thing they just keep pelting themselves with. Right. 100%. Yeah. Because it is, it's there. It's reality. It's just what you do. Yeah. So we ask, you know, like, can you afford to fail? Like, what are the next couple months of your life look like? What are you, what are you hoping to achieve? Um, And of course, like dieting history plays a big part of that. I mean, again, if you have somebody who's been eating low calories for a long time, um, we're going to have to do some reverse dieting, some metabolic repair before you're even going to be a candidate for fat loss. I know it's so funny how we, how we're so, um, oh, intermittently democratic with like as Americans we're like, I should be able to lose weight whenever I want, yep. regardless of the, of what I've done to myself. Like, it's not exactly like that. Like it's context specific to every individual. So how I, I would imagine that this type of metabolic repair is pretty common based on people living in this space. How do you approach that? I will say that it's honestly more rare to find someone who doesn't need to be in a reverse dieting phase yeah. or a maintenance phase at all. Like every now and again, you'll get when you're like, oh my she's gosh, a truly, she's a true overeater. <laughs> like it's like, so exciting. It's almost like a unicorn manifestation. Like you get really excited for them because they're in such a great position to make change. And they actually generally have less noise in their heads, ironically, 
than somebody who has been chasing weight loss for decades, right? I mean, kind of what Heidi said, it comes down to like what their dieting history looks like. We get incredibly thorough with like, I mean, down to like, what were you doing last year? Between this, what were you doing then? And what were you doing then? What were you doing then? And most people don't realize that they've always been an under-eater. Like, I think that women especially have this propensity. And I think more so we're discovering that males do as well, but anything over zero, they feel like is a lot of food, right? Oh gosh, I ate something today. I ate a lot. Yeah. I overate. It's like you had like a granola bar. I know I'm, I'm awful. I've ruined it. I, if I can go the whole day without eating anything. Then I will know that I have like, I'm, I'm in a good place. But the second someone puts anything in their mouth, I'll like, and it's over. So it's just really tricky. Like most people, first of all, don't even know that they're not supposed to eat 1200 calories. I think that's the very first thing you have to realize. Like a lot of people right. just think the less you eat, the better. And that there's no consequences other than that you'll look amazing. Right. And that your body also recognizes that you have vanity pounds you want to lose. Like, come on, guys. Like, we really want to look amazing in this bathing suit when your body's like, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just actually need to keep you alive. That's my job. Seriously. Right. So, Brain versus body. Right. And so we really, it's just, I would actually, a lot of times now, especially after doing this for five years, we automatically assume most people are chronic dieters. That is wild. I think it's so almost like people, prove, it's almost like prove me wrong that you're not. Yeah, <laughs> right. right? <laughs> and I think most people don't even know that because if you ask them, like, are you dieting all the time? They probably would be like, no, I don't think so. But if you were to look at what they're eating, like most people are underfed. Totally. 100%. I mean, again, like I, I feel like my mental drama around food, I think is a little bit less than the average person. Cause I guess, luckily I grew up in a big family. So it was like, you're just trying to get food. <laughs> <laughs> just let me have some of it. Let alone, like, Same. Like, yeah. came from huge families. Like I'm the oldest of nine. She's one of seven. It's like, if you're, if you're able to get leftovers the next day, it was like, Holy oh God. my gosh. I'd like write yeah, yeah. breaths on top of my leftovers. These are mine. Yeah. This is my olive garden. Food. <laughs> yes. Don't touch or die. Yeah. yeah. My <laughs> brothers were like, that's how we knew it was good. You should not have done that. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, like even, even, um, even I found out that I had quite a bit of, of emotional eating or like just a total lack of knowledge and, and under, without even realizing it, the subtext for me again, with like, I, I would argue less issues than most. I still had the perspective of like, well, obviously you're going to try to eat as little as possible. Right. Like you go to the cheesecake factory, you enjoy a big meal. Well, the next day you should have just like an apple and oxygen to make up for it. You <laughs> yes. And like have like your husband like eat and then breathe on you so you can actually smell right. some food. Right. Just, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> yes. And that's so um I think that's so common. I look at especially like in my own practice, most people are like, oh no, I, I don't have any problems with food. Like they don't it's not really a problem for them. And if it really isn't, that's fine. But once you really get into the work of like what's underneath your emotions and food and your body and what you think about, like there's so much work to be done for us that mm-hmm. people don't even realize is there, right? Like it's so totally so prevalent that you just are unaware of it. I would, this is my, this might be like the totally bold statement, but I really honestly feel everybody has some kind of food issue. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Thank you. And, and, I agree. And, and it doesn't have to be necessarily a negative thing because you can definitely work through them, but def- and some are definitely more deeply rooted than others. But even if it comes down to like, you know, we were laughing, we just went on vacation with my husband's family and they were 
talking about how they only had grape nuts growing up. And then someone else was like, well, yeah, well, I had like shredded mini wheat with no topping on it. It's like you have like food is memories, food is family, food is history, food is getting together or there's scarcity or there's abundance. I mean, everybody has been raised with a certain kind of food mentality. So watching your mom, watching your grandma, watching things that you could have, things you couldn't have, things that you could afford, things that you couldn't afford. I mean, why did your mom buy what she did did, did, and not other things? Like people who have completely been raised on non-fat milk their whole life. And then you have the refrigerator we were staying at in Texas. They only drink whole. Like there's like you bring 2% in this house uh, off with your head, right? So it's like everybody has food narratives for sure. But I think most people are curious about their underlying beliefs. And that's really where this whole diet mentality hinges off of because you believed good or bad, clean or dirty, um, junk or yeah, totally healthy. eating like an, eating like an a-hole is like a phrase yeah. you see a lot of times with or eating or even eating like a child, like, mm-hmm. like that phrase too, like all these things that we've decided about assigning, you know, personas to these like completely neutral items everybody has them of some sort and to like debunk them is really like our mission because I can actually genuinely honestly say that we really have zero food noise I mean except 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 for like this is really good (laughs) 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 or this is really delicious well why is my donut stale it's more like that not not like well which is which is to say not to say that I never emotionally eat it's just when I mean I think everybody emotionally eats from time to time but the but but do you know what you're doing? Do you know why you're doing it? I mean, because again, like if you're not managing your, or aware of your emotional drama, then that, then that drama drives you into behaviors that you don't really fully understand why you're doing it. And then you judge yourself horribly for it when instead of getting curious as to what are the underlying beliefs and questioning, questioning those, if you really believe that what you eat has can like makes you a certain type of person, um, that's crazy. Right. Well, and <laughs> it's like assigning your value to something outside of you. Agreed. Just, well, and it's not that like, I didn't mean neutral in the sense of like, I never ever feel oh, no, bad no, about oh, food. No, yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, I emotionally too, but it's not the food's fault. Right. It's, right. It's you realize. Fault, yeah. Right? It's right. my emotions or it's my lack of sleep or it's my. Yeah. You're not like, get these out of the house right. and then my, I'll be fine. You're yes. like, you have all your power. Do this to me. Yeah. Yes. The Oreos didn't do this to me. <laughs> yeah. Like I did this to me because I obviously have some things that I need to work out. And I think that's what's incredible about like thought work. It's like every now and again, she gets in my head and like, kind of like pushes it right wide open. And then I'm like, oh, here we are with my childhood traumas. <laughs> I think that that's what's so interesting about it is that yeah. all these things, whether it's weight loss or how you feel about food all come down to like things that you just need to unbox. Mm-hmm. So that way you can work through those. And then you will no longer treat yourself the way you do in the form of like, controlled starving or not eating something. Yes. Well, and let's talk about that. What do you think doing this work has accomplished for you both? Like what, what does it, what does it change for you? Oh my gosh. Besides everything. Right. I mean, yeah, (laughs) yeah, pretty much. I mean, it really honestly, um, was the first step in my self-awareness. Um, I don't think I, I, I honestly don't know if I ever truly like um, paid attention to myself. I I don't know how else to say it. I mean, it was just always about like what other people thought, what I needed to do for other people, um, obligations, responsibilities is never like, what do, what do I want? Like, even if you asked me where I, where, if I wanted to go to lunch, where should we go? I'd be like, where does, where does Taylor want to go? Where, what have I heard Taylor say before about what she liked? You know, just completely 
have not, had not paid attention to myself, starting tracking my food, realizing I could choose what I wanted. What do I want? And like, and setting goals for myself and showing myself, I can make progress and challenging myself to do hard things, taking myself seriously instead of like, um, Oh, (laughs) I'm, I'm so dumb. Just ignore me. I'll stand in the back. You know, I'll, I'm just, I'm just somebody's plus one. And like said, like actually taking myself seriously, challenging myself to do hard things, um, taking the chance to fail and then, um, rallying probably one of the biggest lessons. Um, uh, even there was a really profound moment for me when I was, um, I was one day I was tracking and I hadn't measured and I realized like, I, w- I was like, okay, I'm going to pour another bowl and see how, how much I think it was. It was like a cereal or whatever. And I realized that I was way off on my estimating and it became really important for me to weigh my food because I realized if I didn't, I would short myself and assume that I'd done a way worse job than I actually had. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. How does something yeah. like that show in my life? Like everywhere <laughs> all the time, yeah. you know, giving myself the benefit of the doubt or, um, you know, not berating myself endlessly for making a mistake, you know, like things like that. I mean, you, once like, again, it's like when people are like, Oh, weight loss is so superficial. I'm like, hold it right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold it. Self-awareness can start with literally anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. It also like completely like blows the top of like your identity. Right. And, and ironically how it does tie into food. Like for me, it was like, I've been overweight my whole entire life. And it was like, I, I either identify as like the fat kid who's also not a runner, right? Mm-hmm. Or I love food so much. This is why I cannot be fit, mm-hmm. right? It's just like, it, it's, it's always like something, right? It's like, well, if you really loved food, then you can't be fit because you love food so much, right? And so I always like, it was that, or it was always a wrestle between like, you love clothes, Nat, but you also love food. So you probably, ha- you have to pick one, mm-hmm. right? Like you can never like, like you could be pretty or smart. Exactly. You can't be, you can't be, both. Can't be both. And I think what was so neat about counting macros was that it completely allowed me to not only build incredible confidence in myself as a person was that I was able to have both, which was so cool because I feel like, especially as women, we always feel like there's choices to be made, right? You're either a working mom or a good mom. You can't be both, right? You're either like, an amazing housekeeper or you suck, right? It's just like, it's like, why can't you be a little bit of everything? And I think I can't even tell you how much macro counting has literally changed Heidi's in my life. And not even from like a business standpoint, but just like from two women who never really had incredible self-esteem, like complete ugly ducklings, Mm -hmm. you know, she always hated her face. I always hated my body. It's like, we never had this like I think there are definitely women who are like, I've just been beautiful my whole entire life. And I've never, ever felt that. Or they're chasing a prior version of themselves instead of what's next for you. Exactly. And it it gave us opportunities to actually see ourselves as not only like worthwhile contributing people, but it took out a lot of like the the childhood noise and the self-esteem issues and the insecurities. Let's be real. We still have them. They just just, just look a little bit different now. And we're way more open to like facing them face on than hiding behind them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's so cool about it. And then of course, once you have your nutrition piece and you really start figuring out your exercise piece, then the confidence in that grows and you actually like walk taller, you walk better. You have more room in your head for other dramatic things that you want to put in there yeah. than food. Yeah. But I cannot imagine like me walking around all day today, like just obsessed with like, with food all the time. It's like, it's paralyzing, I think. And then right. it makes you like, you obviously can't not eat forever, right? We, we need food to live but it's like, why aren't you figuring out how to make that relationship work for you? Like, it's like any other relationship. It's like, is it toxic? 
then yeah. work on that. Mm-hmm. Is it healthy? What does healthy a healthy relationship look like? Whether it's with our friends or our spouses or our peers or whatever. It's like, it's yet another relationship that I think most people are scared to address, which in reality is like basically the most foundational relationship you'll have because it, it really ties yeah. into yourself, which is where you find your self-discovery. Is mm-hmm. Right. And that's totally. what on. That's what I um I love about the work is it really isn't about weight loss. It's just kind of the platform to then uncover all of the other facets to your brain. And what is so transformative, and especially in, in the way you're describing it, is you really do develop your relationship with yourself that you don't cultivate otherwise because we aren't ever taught how to talk to ourselves. I mean, I think logically and superficially, we might like say nice things yourself. I mean, it might again, just be that superficial lesson, but I think that doing this work and facing all of those thoughts that you have head on and then giving yourself the opportunity to explore them and change them, you develop the ability to be your own best ally. Right. And that's what transitions into feeding yourself in a way that's loving and not always so punishing. Totally. And I, I totally agree. And I think adding, adding weightlifting to that, to that mixture as well is like, just, just takes it to the stratosphere because like Nat said, you literally and metaphorically do stand taller, right? You know, you, you have to be, if you're going to go and like lift that bar or squat that bar, you got to have your own back. Yeah. <laughs> you really like, yeah. Like, where does that come from? Yeah. Like if you're telling if you, to, in order to do that successfully, you've got, especially towards your max, you've got to be telling yourself you can do it. Cause if you can't, if you're telling yourself you can't, you won't. Right. Of course. Right. You wouldn't even give the, give yourself a chance to try, which is so fascinating. Totally. So let's I love just like the metaphor of like resistance training and Ugh, just like, you know, right? resisting your own emotions, resisting your own self-limiting beliefs. I mean, it's just the like, amount of weightlifting okay. metaphors I've used on this podcast. Like I'm surprised right? people still listen, honestly, it's, <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Well, same with food, like food, the same yeah. thing, right? Seriously. Food, there's, there's metaphors galore when it comes to macro right. counting. I can't even handle it. Sometimes. The only thing we love more than puns are, is a good metaphor. <laughs> oh, there you go. Builds a business right there. It just needs some good puns and good metaphors. <laughs> and I, so um, I know you guys are CrossFitters. That was something I discovered a couple of years ago and I'm one of the annoying people where I really did fall in love with it. But for that reason, where being able to do things I've never done before and proving to myself what it was that I was capable of and lifting weights that were like way beyond anything I'd ever dreamed of. And then seeing the physical transformation and that like, it just snowballs into this physical and mental transformation. You know, I mean, not just CrossFit, but all of it is so powerful in who you are as a person. Totally. And to that point, I mean, that's a great point. Well, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm still, going to vote for resistance training and weightlifting and everything. It's still like so fun to meet anybody who's passionate about the exercise that they do. Right. I mean, that's really the spark, right? It's like just being engaged in something that makes you feel successful and maybe a little bit of a badass. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, anytime we can get out of ourselves is always a good thing. Right. And then the same with like, when you pay attention about what your body can do versus what it looks like, that also next levels yourself too, because that's really what it comes down to this whole life experience. Right. I feel like it's like, can you imagine if it's like, it really mattered what we look like? Oh gosh, seriously. Like Where does your value thing. come from? Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, We'd it, all be screwed. Imagine, like your whole life. I mean, like Heidi has mentioned this before. It's like, we're only getting older. Do you think that it's going to get better? Like the way you look is going to get better. I mean, obviously that's subjective to the individual, but like we are here to have life experiences in this body. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Not the body. We're not, we're not so concerned about what the look is. Yes. 
right? Yes. Versus experience, right? Yes. Well, and let's talk about that as well, because I think that it can be difficult to separate your body from what you think about your body. And so people believe that it's like, if they have low self-worth, that it really does correspond to their physical appearance. And so how do you approach separating that to be like, okay, you have these sentences and then you have a body, but they're not the same thing. And they're not true. Well, such a big belief that people have is, 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 is of course the scale, right? We could talk about yeah. the scale for like five hours, right? right but right. there's this, you know, I think people think like, oh, I'm, I'm so miserable. So I'm like 180, 180, you know, 179, 178, 177, 176, 175, 174, I'm happy at 172. Yeah. Like, this is where I'm happy. Like I'm miserable up until this point until I reach this number. And it's like, right. that's not how that actually works. But I think people really truly believe that people believe that the scale dictates their worth, therefore dictates how confident they can be. And everything in their life hinges on that one number, which is so hilarious because it's not even accurate reading. Like I, right. I said to the girl at work the other day, I'm like, if you could have your dream body, but it'd have to be like, if it said like 285, would you take it? She goes, no. I'm like, this is your dream body we're talking about. She goes, I won't. <laughs> she goes, I don't, I refuse to be 285. I'm like you fully have missed the point. Yeah. Yeah like fully. Well, and it's, I mean, we said it before, but it's like, okay. I mean, that, <clears throat> that, that's that pattern that Nat just described. It's, it feels real. It right. feels like you step on that scale. You have that emotion. It feels real to you. Um, you're already at the effect of the thoughts in your head, right? So the first step is to just kind of calm yourself down write down everything that you're thinking and then ask yourself if it's even true. It would, it, is it, are you going to hold your sister, your best friend, your daughter to that same standard? And if you're not going to, then that's where the work really needs to start. Because if you're, if you don't want that for anyone else, you gotta, you gotta get good with yourself. You've got to accept yourself as is and, yeah. and really reach for that place of you place inside you that knows that you have worth outside of what you look like outside of, I mean, if, if it was, why do we shame ourselves relentlessly for like, for gaining weight or any other kind of body disappointment? Um, I mean, we've even had women who've had actual injury disease, um, things that they cannot control at all. And they still blame themselves for it. Right. It's like, when is the only way that's ever going to end is if you decide to end it. Right. With the way you're thinking. And what's funny is thought work. I wouldn't call it sexy talking about thinking (laughs) about your body, right? Like it's so people are like, seriously, that's, that's what you're going to teach me how to do is about my thoughts and think differently. (laughs) But until people realize that just like if you're approaching a bar and you're saying, I can't do it, like that's what you're going to create. You're not going to be able to do it. Right. It it really does start with the sentences in your brain. And so Mm -hmm. until people understand the gravity of those sentences, it's not going to be an interesting approach, even though it is where it has to start. Well, totally. And one level of it is getting okay with the number. And then it's realizing that the number really, really embracing the idea that the number is neutral. (laughs) It's like really understanding what you're making it, making it all mean. Right. It's just, um, when we can, when we can truly like embrace ourselves under any conditions, right. That's, that's the ultimate goal. I'm not there but I've heard tell that it is a beautiful place <laughs> in a land far away. We've heard it. Yes. <laughs> Legend tells us. <laughs> yeah. I used to talk about how 
like if the scale just read in three emojis, right? Like that were just a reflection of the day, how it's like, like, yes, this is a reflection of, of what happened today in my body. Like it, and yet it is fascinating to see the, the intensity with which we focus on that number when really it's, I mean, like you said, not obviously not quite accurate of a whole system, like of everything that's happening and not particularly relevant. When people like they build their whole day and their whole life and their whole energy around that scale. It's yeah. amazing what like people at 1995, like a, you know, 1995 scale. Like, oh yeah. Like it's so, it's like one of the cheapest devices on the planet, but yeah, it, it, it controls you mm-hmm. like even more than your cell phone, which is at arguably like 380 to $600. Mm, right. right? <laughs> it's just like, it's amazing how these numbers really do mean something. But I think that, I mean, it starts from a very young age. And with, once again, with food is how it's modeled for you. Like if you're, you know, I tried this experiment with my five-year-old, he likes to step on the scale. I'm like, look how strong you're getting. Like, you know, when the number goes up, like, look how strong you're getting. And I don't know if it'll work, but I'm hoping to change the narrative for him on that. Instead of being like, instead of saying, look how big you're getting, right? Cause mm-hmm. this is like, like, oh, I don't want to get big. It's like, right. Look how strong you're getting. And that's what it means. Like the numbers on the scale and the numbers on the barbell, like when that increases, it means something, right? It doesn't like, I think also people, we're not hundred percent fat. Why do you think you're hundred percent fat? Like there's other things that weigh things besides, I mean, everyone's like, oh, scale went up, must be fat. It's like, you're not made out of, like, you're not hundred percent fat. Well, it's like, you take it, you take anything else, like Instagram analytics or like saying something clever. It's like, oh, I said something and it was stupid. I'm, I'm an idiot. I feel like I'm an idiot. Maybe I try to make myself feel a little bit better about being an idiot. Like, well, lots of people are idiots or being an idiot's not so bad. Right. right. Or are we going to question whether or not you're an idiot at all? Right. Like I step on the scale, it's whatever, 190. Like we can make ourselves, we can, we can try to soothe ourselves like, oh, it's okay that you're 190, even though you, you know, you're, even though you've let yourself go and even though everything's like so horrible, like maybe there's still hope for you. Like, that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) Right. And it still creates like a a positive negative narrative, right. As opposed to just being, this is just some neutral data, right. Like when we try to take ourselves out of it, it's still, it it gives it charge. Totally. Like trying to be positive about something you believe is negative. is still not going to create a a positive result. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys love most about what you do? Uh, Seeing women recognize their own worth. And when they really do, I I think probably one of the most exciting things is when they start feeding themselves. When, like I read, there was some meme the other day. It's like more people are terrified of eating 2000 calories than 1200 calories. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is probably one of my favorite, like, I mean, people in my family have to like, you know, actually call it my like Asian grandma thing, but like, I love feeding people. It's like, if I can give a woman like here's 2000 calories and they eat it and they just see how the heavens part and their world completely changes. Like that is like my favorite thing is getting more women to eat. And of course lift, like there is no ceiling on how amazing you can be as a woman, how strong you can be. Like we're only getting like really to start really seeing what like women are capable of. And it's so, so thrilling because I think we're even surprising ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Like when you see a, a girl back squat 300 pounds, you're like, gosh, oh seriously. Right? I mean, you want to talk about like double body weight. That's when that gets exciting. Like that's the only time I think that like your weight might be, might, might, might matter because then you're like, you just totally squat yourself twice. 
<laughs> that's exciting. That on your right? back. That's, that's the way we no. should see these numbers. Totally. Right? And how much that's transformed, even in like the last 30 years. I remember here yeah. in Irvine, when I was a little kid, there was a Heidi's frozen yogurt and she was a bodybuilder. And there were pictures of her all over the place. And I remember being there and having everybody in my family be like, oh, she's so gross. Like, and me feeling kind of embarrassed. Like I'm not that kind of Heidi. And now I'm like, who is she? Yeah. I've Googled her. I was like, I want to meet her. I'm like, you're my inspiration since 1985. Yeah. yeah. Right. The, the type of physique that you go from like nineties, like Paris Hilton type of look to right. now the much more like fit and strong and, and healthy look that is becoming much more popular. So you guys reposted something that was talking about how I kind of skimmed it, but how women can be stronger than men in that they have the capability to lift a higher like percentage of their body weight or something where it was like, so fun for me to read this because I'm like, women are badasses and they are so and so few so of much. us know it. So, so much. much. <laughs> like that, that, so that was a Mark Carroll post. And yes. Like, yeah. Like women, like understand like what you are capable of. Like I, I would argue, I'm obviously not, I'm not him, but I, I think he actually loves proving women wrong about what their, their limitations. limitations. Yeah. And it's just like, do you not realize what you are capable of? I mean, that was probably one of my favorite posts of all. I read that in like in the morning and I was like, oh my gosh. Right. Like this is just too good to like not really recognize. But I think it's like, you have no idea your potential, right? It's like, I think that's what's so neat about you guys being life coaches is you're like, if you could just get to this point, you're going to like inspire yourself right now with like the work you're doing, but it's about getting them there, right? It's like about getting a weight in a woman's hand is really what it comes down to for us. It's like, just put one in your hands and you're like, you know, we say, and let's just see, let's just see. Yeah, let's you just know, see. We say, like, yeah. The second you touch a barbell, your whole life changes. And it's really true. Yeah. We are such goobers. Like when we go into CrossFit and like, we're told to unrack a barbell. Like there is really is like a moment where you're like, this is the best part of my day. Right. Yeah, totally. And then like, when you re-rack it, it's like leaving you is like the worst part of my day. And <laughs> just like, no, it really is true. Empowerment in that. And I, that is really what I would love. If every woman could just eat more and just lift you can feel whatever way you want to feel about yourself. Yep. Right. It, it, it limitless possibilities. What would you say to a person who is perhaps never lifted or a, a very like inexperienced lifter that wants to start? Yeah. Start, start literally anywhere. Like, like anything that grabs your fancy, just like, give it a try. Like the more you expose yourself to, the more you you'll learn, the more you'll, you'll um, find what you're passionate about. You'll find what clicks for you. Like just start chasing what's what's interesting to you. You see something out there that's like, I think that's so amazing. I wish I could be that. I want to be that. Then go for it. Yeah. You know, we worked out at home for a long time before we went to CrossFit. And you know, Heidi actually started like a build, bodybuilding program probably right before we actually joined CrossFit. So she had already like gotten curious, gotten inspired. And I was quite harder to like convince because, you know not being super lean. I was always like, Oh, I don't want to get bulky. Right. Like we have this funny thing. Like my husband and Heidi were like, Hey, you maybe want to buy like 15 pound dumbbells. Cause I was, I had fives and I had eights and I'm like, I don't need 15s. Like that will make me big. Like oh I, my mean, gosh. I really was that woman. If only, was that- right. If only that could be the yeah, case. I know. <laughs> yeah. The other day we had like 15 pounds in a warm up. I'm like, I love 15 pounds. I know. <laughs> my favorite. Oh my gosh. But, and um, now she's like, won't even let me get away with like, uh, like a, like a phone in weight. She's like, we can go heavier than that. I'm like, oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> I think what was neat was like the first time I went into a CrossFit gym, I was like, oh, 
I could do this, I think, right? And it is, it's just the let's just see thing. It's like, I think one, one important thing is to fill your feed with women who lift. That is inspiring. Yes. When you see like athletes, athletes, female athletes, female athletes, like get, get that in your feed. Ditch like these, like modely, anybody that makes you feel bad about yourself. Like, I really believe that. Like cleanse that. Like get yes. that out of there. Yeah. Except for keep Lauren Simpson, even though she's the world's most gorgeous person. She's so nice. <laughs> and her content is so good. Well, and she does that for 300 pounds, so she counts. <laughs> right? Like, like yeah, it's valid. It's allowed. Yes. But it's just like, that's what I mean. Like we put inspiring women in and then going and lifting something seems a lot more attainable for you. Yeah. Like if you see ones that are just like, you know, doing these all the time, like, you know, like arm circles and stuff, it's like, that's not going to ever motivate you to pick up a weight. Or if like the whole account is just like carefully curated selfies. Right. Right. Like, 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 Get curious about also what was possible for you because if a bunch of other women can do it, you can do it. Yes. And I love that too, because I think special about us, like we all exactly, exactly. But once you, it's kind of like when you surround yourself by something, it kind of makes it the new normal. Right. And so if you're looking at like all of these amazing women that are really, truly strong and you see that like day in and day out, it makes it easier for your brain to be like, oh, maybe that is totally a possibility. Right. But that has to be a deliberate choice to be like, what do I want to surround myself with to create what's, you yes. know, I'm going to believe as true. Well, and that said, I love that because I feel like it kind of ties into what we had in the, in said earlier. It's like, if you are surrounded by food, you either figure out how to eat it yes, or you have to get rid of it. Right. So it's like, if you surround yourself enough with women who are lifting, that is inevitable, inevitable for you. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you are teaching your brain like, Hey, I am actually good with this. I like this. I like this yeah. idea. But if you're filling your feed with a bunch of, yeah, like just like strict selfies of like hot chicks or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like, you can either address that and become one yourself, or you got to purge it and put something in there that's going to be inspiring to you. Yes. Right? 100%. Like the Oreos either inspire you or they don't. Like, yeah. right. Like if, if like what you're seeing on Instagram or anywhere, the way you're thinking about your goals is not inspiring. Like they should, like we said before, like our tagline is a goal-driven life should be delicious. Like your goals should feel delicious to you, at least most of the time. <laughs> there may be, there may be a few bitter pills here and there, but yeah, like yeah. they should feel exciting and fun to think about. Yeah. Cause if your goals are gross, like what's incentive yeah. to do them? Exactly. <laughs> right? Well, and I think that a lot of people, like get, right. They get stuck in the idea that it'll be better once I get there. And so to be able to have it be delicious now, it's like, mm-hmm. that's why not do that now. But people don't think that's possible. Yeah, like if you go to a buffet and like your first plate sucks, how, how inspired are you to go back for anything else? You're like, eh, that might be good. Yeah. Right. But if your first plate is built and you're like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like I've got to try not only that again, but I'm more excited about what's, what's ahead of me and what's, mm-hmm. what there is to offer. Then you open yourself up to all sorts of possibilities. Well, absolutely. I mean, you couldn't say, couldn't have said that better. It's like about what, what can I have? What can I create instead of what do I have to yeah. sacrifice and go without? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. Well, I think that is a lovely note to end on is, is that it is possible to have the body that you want to feel amazing, to eat delicious food now without having to punish yourself to get anywhere. So where can people find you? Obviously we talked about your name on Instagram, butter your macros, but tell us where we can, we can find you and people want to work with you. So we are at Butter Your Macros on Instagram, and then you can find us at www.butteryourmacros.com on the World Wide Web. Do people even say that anymore? <laughs> I love you, like, the whole thing. HTTP yeah. backslash colon. <laughs> oh, 
on, on uh, Twitter and TikTok. We are at What's Up Butters. And I think that's it. We don't have a Pinterest, although I feel like maybe we probably should. But, uh, but or you can come to Irvine. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm on my downtown way. Santa Ana. Heidi's house, Taylor's going to move in, and then yep. Natalie's house. Yep. Yep. Here <laughs> here too, but it really comes down to like, it's gotta, your life has got to feel good to you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the sooner it does, awesome. the better the more success you'll have. So, you would say the better it is? The, oh, there it is. The better it is. The wow. better it is. Guys, you're just coming up with it without even trying. It's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Hitched <laughs> my wagon to the right place. That's all I'm so good. You. Well, you too. Thank is. you. I, I, You guys are just the best. I am so glad we got to chat today. And I am so, so glad that I get to share you with all of the listeners. And so... Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really fun to talk with you as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Right, new friends. I just want to say a huge thank you to Heidi and Natalie for coming on the podcast. This has been one of my favorite episodes. I love this podcast with all my heart. The entire Brain Diet podcast is very important to me, but there is something so special about this episode, both because I've pretty much found my soulmates here, <laughs> but more importantly, because of the message that they are sending to the world and their message when it comes to weight and emotions and food and eating and bodies and all of the things. There is so much of what they do that inspires me and so I hope that you feel the same as you have listened today. They told you where to find them at Butter Your Macros on Instagram. Please check them out. And always keep in mind that in order to work with me, the link to apply is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I am thrilled to present you with this episode and we'll talk soon. 